coming to you from beyond the veil, where anything is possible and nothing is beyond your reach, where time and space are figments of your imagination and life is but a dream. Open your minds, open your hearts, and get ready for a one-way trip into the unknown. This is Messages from the Multiverse with Ian R. Anderson, Certified Hypnotherapist. Hello and welcome to my part of the multiverse known as Hypnotropia in Encino, California. Before we get into the topic for this episode, I want to remind you all that Earth Day is right around the corner and the mountain lions in the Santa Monica Mountains still need their wildlife crossings so they can get over the 101 freeway and into the wider habitats beyond. Remember, there are only 19 left and they share a habitat not even large enough for one male mountain lion. If you can find it in your hearts and wallets to donate your lunch money for tomorrow and make your lunch at home instead, then you can go to kids4lacougars.com, that's kids, the number 4, lacougars.com, and pledge $10, refer to friends, and help save these amazing animals. We have a very interesting and special show planned for you on the topic of clairvoyant angel healing. Angels are one of those often misunderstood topics that seems to come with its own array of preconceived notions, associations, and even dogmas attached to it. We're going to dispel some of these false assumptions regarding this topic in our conversation today. Those of you who are familiar with my work know that I am not a fan of dogmas. Models and frameworks which help us understand and explain complex and abstract concepts are helpful and necessary, but when we start to confuse the models and frameworks for literal truth, we run into dogma, which then leads us away from wisdom and understanding and into the realm of what we might call ideological tyranny. We are here today to explore concepts which have long been considered the territory of religion, but which in their true nature are so far beyond the human mind's ability to truly comprehend that it is extremely difficult to put meaningful language to it. Perhaps this is why the great artists of the past attempted to transcend language and instead depicted these ideas in image and form. Poetry and verse come a little closer to a decent description of the nature of angels than standard prose, which might be why religion has been the area of major discourse on the subject in the past. But what you will come to see from this interview is that any attempt to put the angels within a comprehensible framework is extremely difficult and necessarily diminishes much of their transcendental nature. We are used to thinking of angels as beautiful winged humans. But these are just symbols and representations which attempt to communicate some of the characteristics of these beings. For how can a human mind truly comprehend the transcendent when the very meaning of transcendence encompasses and then exceeds one's ability to understand it through the realm of ordinary sensory experience? This is why we have to be willing to suspend our preconceived ideas, beliefs, and associations regarding this topic. Just be open to the message being delivered by our guest today because it is a beautiful message pointing to your divine nature and the unity of all creation. Let's just jump right in and see where the conversation takes us. Anthony Torres is a committed, compassionate, and caring clairvoyant angelic healer and clinical hypnotherapist based in Los Angeles and Orange County, California. With 16 years of training and experience in esoteric mysticism, energy healing, meditation, and other modalities of healing the mind-body-spirit connection, Anthony brings a full-spectrum understanding to the process of transformation and evolution. His first encounters with the angels began at seven years old, where he discovered the ability of clairaudience. Throughout his life, growing up through his teens into his thirties, Anthony has experienced very detailed first-hand encounters with angels and archangels through sight and hearing which led to his interest and development in working with the angelic realm to assist in the healing of others. 
Anthony Torres is a 17-year student and teacher of A Course in Miracles and the Science of Mind with a seven-year full-time professional practice as a hypnotherapist. Anthony is an honors graduate from the first accredited school for hypnotherapy in the country and the foremost hypnotherapy college in the world, the Hypnosis Motivation Institute. Anthony has been advocating, educating, and participating in the True Integrity Food Movement for 13 dedicated years. His approach to growth and transformation encompasses proven tools and techniques that help lead a person to a complete and comfortable integration of the mind, body, and soul. So let's get right into our discussion. All right, so we have Anthony Torres here to talk about angel healing today on Messages from the Multiverse. So I want to thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. it's awesome. So I just uh, went through a demo session, I guess you would call it. Is that what you would call it? Yeah. Went through a demo session with Anthony. And I have to say it was, it was very fascinating, uh, really intense to... Uh, feel like I was um, being scanned by the angels. Uh, that was an interesting experience, definitely new to me. Uh, so I, I also want to thank you for that and, and really just want to, since you're the, uh, the expert here, so to speak, here to talk about what you do, I, I'd like to get your definitions and your story first. Just basically, um, can you just describe exactly what angel healing is, what the experience is like for you and how you got into it? Okay, angel healing, what it is, is essentially through permission and invitation, giving angels the go-ahead to do a psychic scan of your field of consciousness or your, uh, the atmosphere of your unconscious in order to show various aspects of your psyche or layers of your consciousness, things that you've created that they want to assist you in healing. Um, my experience with it, um, I guess you're asking um, what it's like for me while I'm doing it, right. while I'm, I'm carrying out a, a session yeah. for somebody. Um, my experience for me is humbling, one, two, it's, uh, it's kind of like you're in a state of hypnosis, mm -hmm. in a sense, you're kind of in a... Uh, subtle sense of trance essentially in, in, in doing the work you have to be in a, a very emptied mind so to speak you have to be very clear without any uh, conscious involvement mm -hmm. in regards to your uh, thought process about the client speculation uh, foredrawn conclusions uh -huh. expectations ideas about them um, so essentially it's the person that's carrying out the uh, the healing session and working with the angels or working with the clients angels i'm uh, in a just completely mentally blank uh, state where my body is just limp loose and um, in an involuntary state as far as movement and just kind of present and there and um, surrendered and just allowing okay um and then you also asked How'd you get into it? How did I get into it? I've, I was raised Christian. I was raised uh, Methodist after uh, six years old. Um, I can't really say that that played that much into it. I was always 
yeah, fascinated about the stories about angels and uh, when I was a young kid. Um, as I was growing up, I had some different type of experiences. Maybe you would call it communications. Then moving into my teenage years, I had a lot of uh, very dramatic experiences with forces of light and forces of darkness. Um, I kind of look at my, not to sound too extreme here, but I kind of look at my teenage years as a bit of a holy war. There was a lot of supernatural things happening. Mm -hmm. I was in a situation where uh, it was a little hairy. It wasn't the um, the safest, spiritually safest environment that I was in as a teenager. Um, had a lot of interactions with uh, people practicing dark arts, mm -hmm. and I've always been a very wholesome-hearted person. And, um, regardless of how stages such as my teenage years, I was um, a bit lost, but I always kept a really sound, solid connection to the love of God in my heart. So I was um, nonetheless in compromising environments and comprom compromising situations, a lot of it having to do with you know, teenage rebellion and you know, environments I ended up in and uh, some pretty dark people. and. Uh, through that time period, say 16 to 21, there were quite a few <clears throat> supernatural experiences and um, things having to do with literally with demons and angels and a few times angels coming to my rescue and just literal experiences, not you know figments of my imagination. Mm -hmm. um, and that really, I think, helped to color and highlight my uh, connection, appreciation, uh, reverence for the holy angelic kingdom um, and some of the assistance I received and this was you know, in a time when I didn't have any developed spiritual understanding per se I didn't have any um, this wasn't my profession you know I didn't have a whole lot of studies under my belt I didn't have a whole lot of experience I didn't have a whole lot of life experience but um, so nonetheless yeah I ended up in some pretty compromising, spiritually compromising situations, my environments, people, associates, <clears throat> and some uh, dramatic events took place at different points in times, and um, I had direct experience with what would be called supernatural forces, both of, um, literally both of darkness and light, and um, the ways in which I feel like I was uh, assisted in those moments helped me develop a very, very a profound appreciation for what could be considered um, holy angels or angels of God, God's okay. love and light. Great, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, so you said that you were a raised Christian, but it's not uh, it's not necessary to be Christian to get assistance from the angels, is it? Not at all. This is a a complete non denomination, uh, non religious, non belief system uh, based modality in the name of healing. It isn't based in, uh, uh, it's not a thought system, it's not a belief system, it's not a religion, it's not a something to per se follow, mm -hmm. um, or, ideology or, or ideology or anything to prescribe to, it's a healing modality. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, what are the angels? What, what do they do? What's their, what's their place in the universe and their responsibility? Uh, why is it that they are involved with healing humans in the first place? 
Well, I would say that the holy guardian angels, the holy angels, their place in existence is to assist in the will and, and love of God and to carry out whatever specific and unique responsibilities that they're given within the cosmic system that is the will and desire of God and what their point, unique point and part of that uh, needs to be doing and uh, essentially just carrying out through responsibility what is um, what is asked of them and, and what is their responsibility and in this case and in this modality it's to assist in helping people to heal and helping, to pe helping people to heal on an emotional level, a mental level uh, potentially physical, spiritual, creative. Okay, would you um, would you agree with the statement then that healing um, is really self healing? Is is the the free will always required uh, for a healing to take place with the angels? Absolutely. Yeah. And that this is a a free will zone. This this physical corporeal. Uh, universe uh, essentially it's kind of like a free-for-all and we have the ability to use you know, high-mindedness or self-determination uh, individual choice to end up at whatever place we might end up you know based on um, the quality of the decisions you make and how you use your free will so essentially the angels aren't able to intrude upon that unless it's a uh, situations such as divine intervention which that would be uh, the call of the creator so to speak but from the standpoint of angels and their unique specific um, duty responsibility and ability to carry that out when it comes to the, their human counterparts they have to be <clears throat> essentially invited and uh, given permission to uh, participate and to assist Okay, so and you also mentioned, isn't everything self-healing? Um, yeah, absolutely, it's self-healing. In this modality, what the angels are doing is they're expressing to the person what they have created that's in a misaligned manner or is somehow taking away from the wholeness or the, the totality and coherence of light within the, within the person, within the client through their own actions or their own thoughts or their own use of beliefs or views opinions through their use of consciousness and essentially what the angels are doing <clears throat> excuse me essentially what the angels are doing is by way of the conscious invitation and permission from the client they're doing a, a diagnostic reading or a, a diagnostic scan of the field of consciousness of the client in order to bring up essentially something that they want to assist them in healing, something that the client has um, run its course with, there isn't any more karmas that need to be played out around it, maybe it's a problem or an issue that was created for uh, some reason of progress and whatever they needed to learn from that specific issue has run its course and now it's come time to have it removed or released and so what the angels are doing is again with the invitation and permission of the client they're doing a diagnostic scan of you know, something that is ready to be released and removed, something that the client has created in their own free will use of consciousness some point in time throughout their life and how that's still hanging out with them energetically and then thus once they do the diagnostic scan 
um, having the opportunity to essentially communicate with the client in a way that that hits home and helps them to see an intimate detail or an intimate aspect of themselves that the angels want to assist in healing and um, and then from there just gaining the permission and invitation to carry out the healing just in the same manner as which they were given the invitation and permission to do the diagnostic scan. Okay. Now, if at any point in time I'm... No, no, you're good. If I miss the question or you need to delve into it deeper, just ask me, okay? I got this right here. This keeps me on track. Okay, cool. If it comes up, I'll write it down. If it's not covered, I'll, I'll get back to it. Okay. Um, so, you mentioned that that in order to receive the healing from the angels, we, we do have to give our free will and our, our openness and our intention to let that become part of our life. Um, and this, you referred to our, our realm here on the earth as a free-for-all. Um, is our free will able, is it possible to have our free will compromised by negative entities or do we have to, in some way, even if it's on an unconscious level, give our free will in order to have those negative influences in our life as well? I think one way of looking at that is understanding that you know, as we have our free will ability to go any direction that we might want to go in our use of consciousness, in the forming of opinions, reactions, responses, beliefs, stances, views... Um, opinions, how we feel about things. Um, in that process, oftentimes if that ability to use our thinking in a free will manner isn't aligned with the principles of our soul and the principles of our being and love and, and the, our authentic self, it can lead to um, limiting uh, deficiencies and aspects of our of our mind or of our consciousness, it can lead to uh, really negative uh, play zones within us that aren't essentially of light, where it may be a negative reaction of um, self-condemnation or guilt or whatever it may be, creating these you know, zones of, of darkness within our field of consciousness, thus as well within our being. And those zones of darkness or incoherence by way of how we've used our mind in a free will manner will thus vibrationally and through frequency attract and create those astral entities that then will play on that once they've been given the permission the vibrational permission slip so to speak because of how we originally used our ability to free will think and once they've been given that permission slip or thus as well created on a certain level um, because of the nature and the quality of how we're thinking, mm -hmm. once they end up there in your field of consciousness, again, because we invited them vibrationally, because of how we are using our mind, they begin to play on that. And they'll begin to exacerbate it, and they'll begin to expand it. And they'll begin to communicate little messages, and through your suggestibility, that play off of that negative zone, or expand it, or intensify it, and make it a little bit worse. So, essentially, I wouldn't put it on the entities. Mm -hmm. I would put it on the humans for going there in the first place, going into those uh, darkened places of uh, incoherence and unconsciousness uh, through their use of mind, which thus acts as 
the permission slip for uh, disincarnate en entities, astral entities, to end up in the field of the human, almost as if the human is a, a host, in a sense. And then from there, um, they play on it and will kind of run with it, mm -hmm. you know. And and at that moment, it's. I guess at that moment, you could say. Um, your free will is kind of compromised in a, you know, double manner. It's doubly compromised. <laughs> uh -huh. But it starts in a, in a self-compromised type it way. It start, always starts with our own unique use of consciousness mm -hmm. and the quality of that. So um, how, can, how can people invite the assistance and guidance of the angels into their lives ahead of time so that they don't get into that situation in the first place? Is that possible? Thing most importantly is understanding that we are all points and parts of the presence of the creator of all and we are all created when with a similar capacity and potency and potentiality especially in regards to the fact that we use consciousness and in, through the use of consciousness we create mm -hmm. so i think before we would look at preemptively um if I understand your question correctly, preemptively calling upon the assistance of angels to ensure that the, the future is blanketed, that we maintain an extremely objective awareness of ourselves in, 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 in regards to the quality in which we're, we're going about the living of life and the use of mind. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. I, I mean, um, calling on the angels to be a guiding force in our life so mm -hmm. that we do use our consciousness in the proper way mm -hmm. and don't become sidetracked or trapped by some of the negative influences mm -hmm. of the world um, yeah by all means okay. I, I think it i think it's a type of thing where you're kind of speaking on uh working um proactively and in conjunction with the holy guardian angels and and with god and essentially your true self and all the 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 aspects of, of, of that reality of you, mm -hmm. um, being kindness, being love, being able to easily forgive others and yourself, being the standing strong in confidence and awareness of your eternity, and uh, being able to see that and notice that in other people rather than just another floundering human being that's just part of the masses and part of the numbers that you're competing with, or, you know, being able to maintain an alignment within your consciousness and how you think and how you respond to the world and how you exist in the world um, in a manner that's most in alignment with the qualities of your God self and your angelic self and what the angels represent and what the Creator represents in love and all these various um, qualities that I mentioned a moment ago. Okay, so um, I'm, I'm interested in, in really what the essence of angelness or angelhood is what exactly are angels um what is their substance what is their essence their substance is the presence of of, of the creator in a in a truly qualified manner still mm -hmm. not in a um, unqualified manner they're um, essentially um, still their pure and absolute essence um, and that's one aspect of the question and then also as well 
Um, the quality of that being the carrying out of the will of God. And and some angels, is it is it true, are um, or were at one point human, and some may have not had ever been in human form. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Well, I think as well. What we want to understand about the angels is that they're all spirits. Mm-hmm. And there are humans that have, through their acts on this earth and through their uh, in, potentially incarnations, plural, and um, their process of, um, I don't want to get too spiritual, but their process of ascension and the process of, you know, the progress that they made in their acts and um, the, the, the aspect of human that they were able to became, become, uh, thus representing a graduation in, that, in, in a sense. Um, graduating into a, the internal asp- the eternal uh, form of themselves, and in that being able to remain in that eternal form and consciously, and being able to thus carry out responsibility, duty, and the will of God, and um, and however that is most fit for them, and in that those spirits that were at one point in time humans essentially kind of graduating up the ranks to uh, angelichood mm-hmm. and being in that eternal aspect of themselves and, and, and purpose and responsibility to the love and will of God. Now as far as angels created as just purely angels that haven't come into um, well, the way that I'll look at the way that I'll say this is angels can navigate through all the planes. Mm-hmm. If an angel, for the purpose of divine intervention or um, carrying out a particular responsibility in an immediate moment, needs to materialize temporarily as physical in order to alter something physical or pull somebody out of the way of an oncoming bus or whatever it might be, absolutely. There aren't, there isn't, um, I feel it would be foolish to say that there are restrictions on the capacity of uh, physical materialization that angels which are typically always in their eternal essence and form of uh, spiritual form um, that they can as well materialize physically if they need be but from my understanding and and this is just my understanding an angel that has that is in a place of eternal spiritual essence and form um, wouldn't necessarily come into incarnating as a human through a womb Mm -hmm. and a birth process. Could they materialize and walk the earth um, and when they're done just vibrate back to light? Absolutely, 100%. Okay, so uh, then in order for them to uh, manifest in one form or another, they really are um, in a sense shifting their vibratory nature from one sort of plane or channel to another. Yeah, from one frequency to another. Uh-huh. And that's essentially whenever we're uh, working with the angels in the uh, angelic healing modality, um, they aren't vibrating down into gross physical form and literally standing behind me and moving my head. Right. Um, essentially, they're uh, energetically configuring themselves to where they would be able to work with my physical body without causing it to just 
completely combust. Yeah. So <laughs> or go into any type of like um, energetic frequency based imbalance to where I couldn't carry out the work or where I couldn't overloaded just yeah overloaded way. in essence. So yeah. they do have the ability to um, regulate and. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm looking for one specific word here. Tone it down a little bit. Yeah, maybe. that is the best, most simple way. Yeah, to tone it down, tone the dial down a little bit from yeah. a frequency standpoint that they can work with yeah, gross human beings, such as you and I, not gross being gross, but you know, physical, physical, corporeal solid. beings, yeah, mm -hmm. solid beings to um, help assist in, in this way of healing. Okay. Do you have any idea if, they, if the angels themselves have a particular constant form that they take when they're not downgrading themselves or, or toning themselves down? Are, are they just in pure vibrational spiritual energy? Is that the form they take? Yeah, I would call it light. Okay. I would call it light, but the type of light that doesn't have an opposite. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say the type of light that has like darkness opposing it, but... Right. Um, some of this is hard to put in physical words, man. I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll, well, that's why we're here, I'll be, to, to do our best. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just call it a, uh, a, an extension, an essence, a pure extension and essence of what is the Creator's presence in its own individualized and unique um, package according to its responsibility and according to its own uniqueness. But in essence, that being an, an eternal uh, spiritual uh, vibration. Yeah, I think maybe the, the, uh, the, the concept that I have in my mind would be uh, maybe if, um, if eternity was itself a substance or if perfection was itself a, a thing, um, lacking all vibration and polarity, um, that I guess would be the substance of Angels. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to look at it. Okay, that's a good way to look at it. I like that. Good. Well, you you got me there. You you guided me right to that point. Awesome. So I appreciate that. Cool. Uh, we we're, we are very limited by language. Um, you know, now, we, we do our best. The two times where I've actually seen angels is, um, one was a relatively massive orb of light. And it was in the upper left-hand corner of the room, or towards the ceiling. Um, but a massive orb of of a pretty splendid, uh, pretty bright light. Mm -hmm. And then this, another time where I saw an angel in a more direct form um, that presented itself to me to communicate something to me, like a conversation. I was actually uh, 33 years, it was my 33rd birthday, I was at HMI. A woman named Christine Klum uh, was doing a hypnosis session on me for an inner child, something having to do with inner child and how that was connected to, um, you know, my practice and various insecurities I was having at that point in time. I think it was the second year of my practice. Um, you know, knowing I was doing the right thing, but having a few little hiccups and, you know, having to really get, um, I think at that point in time, it was a little dip in my practice. I, I came out of the graduation um, 
when I graduated, I came out of the gates pretty quickly, and I was seeing 17 to 20 clients every week, but I hit a little lull, and I had quite a bit of insecurities about that at one point in time, and you know, financial-based stuff and things of that nature. I was having a hypnosis session, and uh, my 33rd birthday at HMI, uh, Christine was doing the session, and uh, there, wasn't any there wasn't any talk pre-session about angels or any of that. At this point in time, I had been training to do this work, but it wasn't a matter of learning all the angels or the archangels. I mean, at that point in time, I think I knew about, you know, the four of the primary ones, mm -hmm. the more famous uh, celebrity angels, Michael, Raphael, Gabriel, um, the primary ones. The, yeah, the, the main ones are mm -hmm. the ones I was familiar with. And we were doing the session. I was just there in hypnosis. I go pretty deep in hypnosis. And uh, she was on the side of me just doing the the the... The, band, the talk, the suggestive therapy, doing her own kind of thing, and it wasn't anything going on about angels. There was nothing that was even, it wasn't even anything predetermined. It wasn't part of her script, and lo and behold, I started feeling these waves starting from my feet, like a wave-like energy moving all the way up my body, a few of them, maybe about four or five of them, and then all of a sudden, there was a being in the full, taking up the entire field of my, of my vision. And I remember not being able to look into its eyes. I remember being able to see its face, but there was something in me that knew. Maybe it was telling me, don't look into my eyes. And it said, my name's Azrael. And I've come here today. I want to explain some things to you. And I had no clue there was an angel named Azrael at, the, at that time. At all. No earthly clue. Like none. And I was like, you know, I was taken back in this moment. I was blown away in essence. And I was just, I was humbled. I was just you know, kind of like jaw dropped, but I, you know, she was still over in the corner doing her hypnotic, uh, her suggestive therapy, and and this thing, I could see golden robe, and I could see magnificent wings, vast, and the hair, which was a little bit longer, and there was a lot of yellow involved, a lot of yellow and gold, and I remember like not being able to look into its face, or not being able to look into its eyes for some particular reason, and it uh, just it began to explain to me various stages of my life and things that I was being guided through and certain teachers, the reason why certain teachers came into my direct experience. And I think more than anything was just trying to soothe me and soothe my fears and my worries. At the time I was questioning, this even makes sense for me to be doing, you know, from a financial perspective. And it just began to explain to me different things that it was they were, gui they were guiding me towards. And... Um, and maybe from you know a therapy in, in essence they were just trying to um, in, assure me and uh, it began to create visual images of different stages and, and teachers and people so you know from the perspective of the, you know when I'm you know, tears rolling down my eyes and the whole thing and I, Christine had no earthly clue what the hell was going on in the midst of all of this it was just she was still doing her suggestion therapy and this angel was like <laughs> addressing me and when I came out like sure enough I was the first thing I wanted to know is is there an angel named Azrael and um, 33rd birthday um, I went to a health food store named Erewhon in West Hollywood and they had this little angel book uh -huh. angel cards and the first thing I flipped to was like is there an angel named Azrael I need to know this right now and sure enough there was there yeah. was He's the angel of death. He's also the angel of counselors. 
Mm. He's the patron angel of counselors. He he's a guardian angel for people who counsel counsel the the sick and the um, downtrodden. So it's people in um, people in bad places. Mm-hmm. And so I really don't know how exactly I got off into this branch of the conversation. But as far as like their form, yeah, I mean, that's where we're at. Um, two times where I had a visual experience with them. Um, one, it was just a massive orb of light. And uh, that was in the middle of some intervention that was taking place in my teenage years. And then mm-hmm. at 33, um, this angel named Azrael came and um, and it had its own kind of visual look about it. But um, just can look into its eyes for some reason. So I think that signifies something that there's a certain degree of um, <clears throat> power power and differentiation of frequency uh-huh. based on how our physical corporeal eyes are designed and attuned and you know the frequency of being in a physical body and then the you know the frequency and power that they represent being yeah. you know, magnificently a bit different so uh, since you brought up Azrael maybe we should um take a second to define the difference, maybe not the difference between an archangel and an angel, but uh, to discuss the angelic hierarchy and, and what that um, what that is, how it relates to what you do, if it does at all. The best way to respond to that would be, as far as the hierarchy itself, it would be just simply a matter of responsibility and varying degrees of responsibility. Um, and none of it being in any way based in the underpinnings of what hierarchy means in this in this physical world mm-hmm. meaning there's from a standpoint of angelic hierarchy primarily that being based in degrees and levels of responsibility there isn't any power or ego or any type of anything like that so um, a pure sense of just differentiation of, of, of responsibility um, now from a standpoint of the angel healing there are various archangels, powers, and principalities that we'll, we'll call on. And all of these archangels just represent different aspects of the, the personality and essence of the Creator, of Source, in their own unique individuated ways. And by way of that own, their own unique individuation, there being unique and individuated responsibility and, and purpose for them to carry out or job description, so to speak. Mm-hmm. In the midst of a healing process, whenever we're doing angel healings, if there are specific unique archangels that should be called on to carry out or participate in certain parts and of the healing, such as especially maybe if there's demons present in the field of of a client, then you know by all means I'm gonna take the time and ask the client if they give us permission to call upon um, angels, and in this case would be archangels that would be most best suited uh, according to their cosmic um, job description to participate in that part of the process mm-hmm. um, for the greatest degree of success. Okay. Demons. When we had our first conversation um, regarding having you come and do this show, um, you mentioned demons. You also mentioned archons, which is a, a name that I recall hearing or, or reading um, in my my uh, times of 
um, educating myself on Gnosticism and the um, you know the ancient wisdom traditions and, mm-hmm. and all that um, and, and then you you also mentioned today uh, the word reptilian can we talk a little bit about um, some of the entities that you um, have helped people clear out uh, or have have been assisted by the angels with clearing out um, mm-hmm. from some of these people's fields mm-hmm. of consciousness yeah um, so in essence um, I guess in how you're putting the question we and I don't want to spend too much time on this because they don't deserve much uh, lighter attention but um, that in essence with the demons represents uh, an absolute absence of light um, based in whatever specifics that has to do with they represent a blatant great word to be used a blatant and absolute absence of light um, absence of connection to source and absence and connection to their own light um, archons archons are astral entities that are a little less a little less destructive in the hierarchy of entities um, essentially the archons representing all things attributed to representing an alien will or an aspect and version of yourself that isn't your truth um, how they'll show up in people's field of consciousness is if they are for some reason acting like or displaying or allowing an alien version of themselves that isn't their that isn't their authentic truth um, for example um, somebody who puts on a different version or character or presentation of themselves because they want to get something from someone um, somebody that creates a completely alien version of themselves maybe as a defense mechanism so that they can avoid something or the, so um, as an aversion or maybe a defense or trying to protect themselves so essentially they're representing all things which are foreign to the will and authenticity of God um, an alien version of oneself the way that the angels actually draw the archons are like hooded are like hooded I mean, hooded aliens so the way that they'll draw them they look like they look like hooded aliens and the essence of what that archonic energy represents again is to represent yourself in a will that isn't your authentic will to represent yourself in a manner that isn't your authentic true self um, for the purpose of gaining something or the purpose of avoiding something mm-hmm. essentially creating an alien version of yourself compromising your truth compromising your, the true essence of who you are for some particular purpose that would be the archons and the reptilians repre- are astral entities non-carbon based life forms which uh, simply are created and are responses of the human use of uh, fear and you know, fight flight anxiety and guilt and self-condemnation and we call them a little lizard like fire breathing astral entities um, that vibrate at the frequency of fear and extreme fight flighting fight flight anxiety and guilt and self-condemnation from an angelic healing perspective mm-hmm. okay and are these um, 
are these symbolic representations or are they separate thoughts or things self-existing thoughts or things uh-huh. units of consciousness are things and we create them we create them okay that, that's what i'm getting at there they are they are created through our negative use of consciousness of consciousness absolutely okay absolutely now um and i don't want to talk about this too much again but you know from the perspective of the from the biblical perspective in the fallen angels um is that type of thing real and i would say yes that type of thing is real but i would also say that the creator represents pure love and forgiveness and at any points in times any beings no matter how seemingly um, regardless of the length of eternity that certain beings or entities may have existed in absolute darkness uh, there's always an open door in the heart of the creator for for healing and for transmutation and transformation and and forgiveness uh, and i think a lot of them just simply forgot that or their degree of separation and maybe their um, subjective their subjective gauge of how long that eternal separation and blatant darkness has been has just led them to believe that it is impossible to to make it back to source or maybe this the process in itself is so averse to light that they may not even think about it um yeah uh, that brings that brings up memories of um images in my mind from paradise lost um by john milton the uh the the main character in the first two books um, is Satan and the the disconnection between Satan and God was something that was self-created and Satan knew it and knew that he could get back into the kingdom of heaven but was too proud to lower himself enough to even apologize or or offer up the the acknowledgement that he was wrong uh, so that that interesting yeah and that is that is that hits home okay absolutely absolutely great so um moving on then from the negative entities absolutely the, the yeah important thing is really into that the, the 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 proper way of using our um consciousness then will um, assist us in avoiding that whole topic in our lives or yeah, that, that whole intervention absolutely. by that and and force. also uh, and also help us to assist others in avoiding that and never having to you know we, we understand the things that we were just mentioning a second ago there's those are extreme uh those are extreme extremes so yeah okay severe extremes so i guess one last thing that that might touch on um the the darkness in the universe would be uh, just about the concept of balance, um, and and the question of duality and what amount of what amount of polarity is really needed for uh, us to us humans or us living sentient beings to be able to experience joy and goodness in the universe. Is it do do you know what the angels' stance on 
um, or what their understanding is on the amount or level of the presence of darkness compared to light in the universe. Is there a real balance or is it really necessary for evil to exist in order for us to understand the light? Is it possible for us to understand the light with just maybe perhaps um, slightly less light instead of um, something like total and complete blatant darkness? I think that's essentially what uh, the best case scenario is a little less light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and absolute blatant darkness. Essentially, I mean, this this corporeal universe is a school. We're here to, to learn through contrast. And absence of light acts as a tremendous catalyst for growth, a tremendous catalyst for developing a, an appreciation and a reverence for um, for love and for our truth and for what allows us to feel in a place of peace and uh, completion and a coherence with our spirit and coherence with our heart and but yeah that it is necessary and at some point in existence there was a splinter from my perspective at the level of creation, not necessarily at the level of the Creator. I don't feel that the Creator's will is inherently that this happened, but obviously it is a necessity. And obviously it is something that is being played out at the level of creation for ourself, um, our one self that we all share in. And that that absence of light and darkness, as you would call it, on this earth, and it acts as a massive catalyst for growth mm -hmm. and for uh, gaining a, a deeper, more profound appreciation, connection, value for all things that would represent love and what is in the harmony of peace on this earth and beyond. And that essentially it's, it's necessary to a certain degree. Now, the angels within themselves, if I look at it logically from the perspective that they are waiting at any given moment 24-7 for invitation and permission to help us to grow or heal in one specific area within ourselves that we've allowed ourselves to be accountably aware of and want to grow out of or want to change or want to heal, that they're there in a moment's call to assist. And my only deduction that I'm able to gather from that is that their inherent will is that we be in a place of complete coherence and alignment with our true self and with our higher self and with our God self and our absolute and eternal essence that which is within us is love and the substance of our being is love and the ways in which that radiates through the health of our emotions and the health of our mind and our thinking and what we want to create in life and our ability to create it and the health of our physical body and and thus as well the health of our soul um, but nonetheless even the things that come up um, when we're doing healing sessions, you know, I always try to frame this as opportunities. Mm -hmm. 
and all of these, <clears throat> excuse me, all of these zones of incoherence, all of these uh, dead zones, so to speak, um, the potential of the actions and thoughts that represent incoherence, the results that come from that, they all act as opportunities for us to grow and for us to become stronger and for us to evolve and for us to gain a, a greater and deeper appreciation and value for um, what's on the other side of that challenge or opportunity for growth, which is a, mo a more coherent self, a more whole self, a more complete self, a self that's more aligned in the virtue and essence of love that we are created in. Okay, thank you. Now, I, I often tell my, my clients uh, when, when, especially in the beginning of starting to work with them, uh, that the instance or the, the presence of synchronicity in their life is going to start to increase. Mm -hmm. um, and that synchronicity, when it occurs, is the universe, God, the Creator's way of letting us know that we are being noticed and that we are on a good path mm -hmm. at that time. Absolutely. Um, would you say that uh, through synchronicity and, and other subtle ways that the angels interact with us and, and affirm our path or our, our progress, progress um, that, that in that sense, angels as being representatives of the will of God are the creator's kind of hands and arms in interacting with the universe itself? Um, or is there another more direct way that the creator is able to interact with its creation? Then there's a aspect of our own self that what you would call the true self or the higher self, mm -hmm. um, the innermost perfection of your being uh, that isn't necessarily participating in this splintered, seemingly temporary, seemingly fallen, seemingly separate from source um, expression of, of, of human beingness. And in that, that aspect of us can work with the temporary human self and manipulate time, space, manner so that and there's various experiences that we seemingly fumble our way into or synchronistically just end up in or then there there is a, a, a form of energetic uh, manipulation, time, space, matter manipulation that is allowing us to um, it's giving us a, a Let's say a format, but that's that's kind of laying it out for us. If we're consciously in a place where we're wanting to make the progress, and we've made a commitment to ourselves to grow or to uh, come to terms with our spiritual self, or to learn, or to want to evolve, or want to make some growth and progress within our lives, and in a way that represents a greater degree of um, evolution or understanding and knowledge and uh, a love um, any and all times that, that we as the, the human the seemingly separate from source separate from our eternal self version and aspect of our humanity personality self whenever that aspect of us we've made the conscious free will choice to 
participate in a spiritual path or to want to grow or want, wanting to evolve and become more of that and expand our awareness and and start on a spiritual path and and for whatever reason and intention we do that that sure enough there is another aspect of us that can kick in to you know high gear of you know, time space matter manipula manipulation that we end up in those environments or situations or synchronicities mm -hmm. that lead to that next step that next degree of our our growth or that next degree of you know, our climb so to speak so i guess uh, in a sense um we are not only creators creating our experience but in a sense we are all the creator expressing itself through a human form temporarily absolutely so i um in a sense i am god you are god everybody listening is god and we just need to remember that i like to call myself the creator is anthony torres that's yeah. so why my favorite way to refer to myself is and what i feel is the most absolute way of referring to myself is mm -hmm. the creator of all as anthony torres temporarily right now and that gives you also the ability to see that in me or another absolutely. person that you're looking at absolutely yeah well i think that um that that itself offers uh, a lot of light a lot of hope uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, to, to everybody listening uh -huh. um you know we we find ourselves in in some sticky situations sometimes on this planet um in this world i i you know it's here we are and uh and you know when looking out at the sky at night you know there's hundreds of billions hundreds of trillions of other stars with hundreds of trillions of other planets mm -hmm. um i think it would like carl sagan said be an awful waste of space if we were the only ones alive oh, yeah. uh, so, <laughs> awful waste of space <laughs> yeah. so uh you know i i sometimes wonder um you know what's what's it like in those other places and and are those other places free will worlds like ours are is this a free will universe um or is it just a free will planet that we're on and are there other different different planets that are ruled by different rules and and um you know are there are there non-human intelligent beings also becoming angels and uh Perhaps, perhaps in some of these other, even corporeal universes or corporeal planets and other life forms and, and versions of creation, um, I would hope, and it's my um, optimistic hope that they at some point in time realized and learned that free will in itself is a veiled, it's an illusory test, and it's a veiled test, that in itself it isn't anything whatsoever. That the only truth is in the cosmic orchestra and being in harmony with the cosmic orchestra that is the creator of all is all things, that it knows that within its every point and part of itself, every point and part of itself is creation, what the intention for that point and part of itself was to do. And in that is what is called a will of oneness mm. and a 
harmonized, directly connected, directly um, uh, actualized and involved uh, participation in what would be purpose and what is the destiny for that point and part of the Creator's presence, which is this point and part of creation, or this one, or this one, or this one, or the omnillion amounts of versions that the Creator has extended itself in, is conscious and aware that um, the intention and purpose for each aspect of it, there is one. And I would hope, again, it's my optimistic hope that in, if there are other corporeal planets, there are physical planets where there are life forms that perhaps, hopefully, they have discovered that free will in itself is an illusion and that the only thing that is of most importance is being aware of this will of oneness and what is purpose and what is destiny according to uh, the intention that was in the mind of the Creator the moment that point and part of it was created. Mm -hmm. And the ability to know that, and the ability to be in harmony. You know, as I put it earlier, the, the cosmic orchestra of, 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 of God, and each point and part of it playing an instrument in, in, in melody and, and in harmony um, with each of the other according to its source. But that's just an optimistic hope for me. Now, I wouldn't have no earthly clue if there are such planets, and but I definitely, absolutely, wouldn't discount the potential of that. And as you mentioned earlier, it would be a, a tragic waste of space if we were the only little frolicking, yeah, you know, beings on this little one little planet here in existence. Well, you know, you referred to the cosmic orchestra, and, and that's something that um, in episode three of this show um, I talked about uh, with with the the guest and that episode um you know string theory which i'm sure you're familiar with uh, does seem to uh, you know kind of uh, suggest a cosmic orchestra kind of nature to the entire nice. creation um and a you know a, a, the way i've always seen it um or thought of it as just kind of an, in, an intuitional type of understanding is that a something powerful enough to create and, and good intention enough to create a universe as beautiful as the one that we live in, um, you know, would, would, it would not be beyond that, that force, um, to be able to create an entire universe full of, um, beings with that divine spark within them. Absolutely. And I think that, uh, you Absolutely. know, if you are Anthony Torres or, or the creator as Anthony Torres and I am the creator as Ian Anderson, then, um, then we were probably living on the Creator as Earth and looking at the Creator as the Sun. Absolutely. And, and uh, Absolutely. living in a, a universe that is uh, the Creator as Amen. creation. Amen. So, uh, Amen. Thanks. Yeah, if, there's, if there's anything else that, um, that you think is important that we discussed today, because um, you know, th this is your opportunity to... Um, Give the universe, give the, the multiverse, all the uh, intelligent spiritual beings that are out there listening, human and non-human, uh, the ability to uh, hear your best and highest intention. Let's say in, in, in closing here today, and before I do, I 
take a sincere moment and thank you for the opportunity to be here, by all means. Thank you. And the ability to share this work and, and, and to talk about it on this platform. Um, in closing, I would say that beyond healing modalities, beyond spiritual paths, beyond forms of meditation, beyond philosophies, beyond thought systems, beyond ideologies, beyond spiritual practices, that there's an essence, there's an essence within us that is our true essence, and it is a bridge and connection point to our source and our creator, and there's a way in which we can communicate with that essence in the process of growing to know and understand, hopefully with reverence and complete and total respect, what is our point and part of purpose, what it is that we're here to do, and that we have the ability to communicate, and we have the ability to converse, and we have the ability to, to directly communicate and take part in a process of growing to understand what is the Creator's point and position on this thing and aspect of our life, on this other thing and aspect of our life, and this area of life, and this decision, on that decision, on things and matters of how we operate in our life, and how that can be most aligned with our true self and the will of God. And to do that with love, and to do that with honor to yourself, as a very potent and important part of the Creator's presence and to do that consciously with respect to what you are and respect to Source and taking time to listen to that voice within your heart of hearts and converse with the voice of Source within your heart of hearts from whatever the matter might be and to live your life from a place of gentleness and kindness and love and respect to yourself and absolutely and most importantly as well to others and to live consciously in the awareness of knowing that you are inside the Creator's presence and you are the Creator's presence and you aren't separate from that and that there's a way in which if you take the time and listen you can converse and communicate in growing to understand and know what is it the direction I should move what is the decision that can be made in, in collaboration and cooperation with the Creator about this area of my life or about that area of my life and really taking time to honorably and consciously and appreciatively converse and listen to Source and allow that to be one of the primary ways of guidance in, in how you go about living your life. Great, thank you. Mm -hmm, thank you. Beautifully said, everybody. I hope you heard that. Um, now, before we uh, end this um, interview and conversation, I, I'd like to uh, give you the opportunity also to let everybody out there in the multiverse know how they can uh, track you down, get a hold of you, website, email, whatever. Okay, yeah, we're... Um, um, let's see, the website, the angelic healing website is uh, archangelichealing.com, A-R-C-H-A-N-G-E-L-I-C, healing, H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. Um, I also have links 
to uh, Angelic Healing Facebook page that's on my Facebook page, Anthony Torres. Um, I have a practice in Costa Mesa. I'm all over the internet. I can be found really easily through Google. Um, Anthony Torres, Angel Healing. And uh, yeah, I'm easily accessible, very approachable. And that's uh, Anthony Torres, T-O-R-R-E-S, correct? That's correct. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. uh, ArchangelicHealing.com. That's how you're going to track him down. Facebook, all that stuff's all available on his website then. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, let's thank Anthony Torres for being here today. Thank you very much. Appreciate thank you Thank you, brother. Out. Thank you. Thank you for the uh, demo session. That was Very great. welcome. Thank you Absolutely for the opportunity. Wonderful. Thank you. And... Um, Awesome. I, I want to uh, let you know there's an open invitation for you to come back as your uh, work evolves and if cool. you ever decide that you have anything else you want to share with the multiverse uh, this is messages from the multiverse it's what we're here awesome. for awesome thank you thank you guys thank you to all the listeners you guys are awesome and thank you Ian thank you good stuff okay okay that was Anthony Torres with Clairvoyant Angel Healing great interview great guest I hope you all learned something I know I did I want to thank you all for joining us here and supporting the show. If you think you or someone you know would make a great guest for Messages from the Multiverse, please contact us at messagesfromthemultiverse at gmail.com. If you wish to contact me directly regarding my hypnotherapy or shamanic practice, educational presentations and workshops, or speaking engagements, you can email me at ian at hypnotropia.com. That's I-A-N at H-Y-P-N-O. T-R-O-P-I-A dot com. You can also learn more about me, this podcast, and Hypnotropia by visiting the website www.hypnotropia.com. Messages from the Multiverse is available for subscription on iTunes and Apple's iOS podcast app on your mobile devices and can also be found at soundcloud.com or on the SoundCloud app for your smartphone or tablet also at hypnotropia.com and is coming soon to the Google Play Store. Until next time, honor and love yourselves, your fellow humans, and our planet. Be well.